rock and roll. The Texans go in front. They put on the helmet and pads. What's up, man? This is your teammate, number 57, Brennan Scarlett. And make the big plays. Down to the 10-yard line. What a play. Now it's time for Texans players to take you inside the game. I put a ton of pressure on myself. I want to be able to go out there and make the plays. And they'll take you outside the white lines, too. They want to listen to, you know, the slow songs, the R&B. And I'm like, you know, we got to go play football. Welcome to the Texans Players Show with your hosts, Mark Vandermeer, D.P. Sidhu, and Drew Doherty. Hello, Texans, and welcome to the Texans Players Show. Mark Vandermeer with you, joined by D.P. Sidhu and Drew Doherty. And this show used to be out and about restaurant, food, milkshakes, burgers. Don't remind me, but... One thing that is special is we're still together, even though we're digital here on the radio. And the other very special thing, and actually I should have played with this, is that we have Jordan Akins tonight. Jordan Akins, Texans tight end, who's having a good year. Jordan, welcome to the program. Thanks a lot for being with us. How are you doing tonight? Thank you for having me. I'm doing well. All right. Well, you're off to a good start. And tell us a little bit about how it's been for you personally, This, this journey playing tight end and playing well this year as you're putting up some points for the Texans and the group as a whole is doing well. So how's it going so far for you? I know you guys want to get a win and you'll have an opportunity to do that on Sunday, but what about you overall, Jordan? I'm doing fine. You know, I'm just trying to stay healthy and, you know, stay out of harm's way of the COVID and just, you know, just focus on getting a win and everything's been great. Um, Body's feeling good. You know, um, mentally I'm feeling fine and, you know, just ready to get a W. Have you gotten used to the COVID thing yet? I mean, I don't know if you can ever get used to it, but getting tested every day and that whole ordeal, that whole routine added in to the football routine. Are you accustomed to it by now? Uh, Yeah, I'm used to it. You know, you just walk in, get a nose swab, and then, you know, you're on your way. So it's enough to measure. Hey, Jordan, you talked about the the offseason a little bit with me, and uh, you said you wanted to get a little bit bigger, maybe bulk up just a tad during the offseason. Is that paying dividends for you so far, you think? Is that one of the reasons you're, you're off to such a good start? Uh, yes. Um, my body felt a little better. You know, I'm stronger um, as well as maintaining my speed. So, yes, you know, um, it's been it's been kind of hard, you know, coming from college, you know, transitioning from wide receiver to a tight end and just trying to maintain that body weight. And, you know, I focus on it in all season and gain as much as I could. And I'm feeling fine. And, healthy. Jordan, it seemed like your chemistry with Deshaun, you guys just came out hot in week one, and it took some some of the other receivers a little bit of time to sort of get up to speed. What do you attribute that chemistry with Deshaun just starting off so well this season with? Uh, you know, uh, I do have two years with him, so, you know, it's always been building. And, um, you know, just kind of learning him and vice versa, him learning me and knowing how he wants me to run sp- uh, specific routes and just being in the right place at the right time is what's protecting him. You know, we've kind of bonded off the field. And it's definitely showing on the field. Did, did you feel like the lack of the offseason or not having preseason games, do you think it affected you in any way whatsoever? Um, I mean, if anything, I think it made me focus more. Um, you know, and taught me a lot of things and how to do things around the house besides just focus on football. And, um, you know, but other than that, you know, like I say, I just focus on my body and my mental preparation for the game and 
it's fair enough. All right, before we ask you. Around the house, yeah. You know I'm not going to let him just get away with I saying know, that, I, guys. I that. <laughs> <laughs> what? what? Things around the house did you also learn? And so uh, my, I have another child on the way. So, you know, um, it's a girl, of course. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. <laughs> and um, so just being more crafty, you know, uh, with the gender reveal, I had to do a lot of uh, arts and crafts, as you would say, like back in elementary school, I was gluing things together, blowing up balloons, you know, just helping around the house. Um, really not. I'm kind of used to it, but, you know, not as much uh, involved as I was as all season. George so you're Dickens. a Hobby Lobby and Michaels guy these days. <laughs> Litter. You got a tap there? Should you say that? No. I'm getting older, man. I'm getting older. <laughs> yeah, but it keeps you young. Doing all that stuff keeps you young. There's no question about it. Uh, all right, so wait. Back to the wide receiver into a tight end thing. You're listed at 243. Is that – I mean, you don't have to give away state secrets here, but is that pretty accurate somewhere around there? Yes, sir, that's accurate. All right, so if you – like, when you retire, which we hope isn't for a very long time, like in a decade or whatever, what weight do you think you'll be at afterwards? Because you said, you know, keep it on the weight, keep it on the muscle, however you're doing that. What weight will you eventually settle at in your non-football playing days? Ooh, I think I'll be around 225, mm-hmm. maybe 220. So what do you – what kind of things do you eat to keep the weight up and what kinds of things do you do? Because it's not like you can just go to Whataburger and go nuts. I know that. So you have to be very controlled about it, very deliberate about it. Tell us about that part. Um, Yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much stick to my healthy routine, you know, my baked foods and, you know, my vegetables and my carbs. But I just double up, honestly. Um, try to eat more, you know, bigger portions and snack throughout the day as well. Well, everybody in the listening audience is insanely jealous right now. I want to double my portions. I mean, most of us, yeah, most of us are on the opposite side uh, of that kind of thing. How difficult was it, though, in the off season, away from the facility to do all of that stuff? I know you guys were meeting digitally. You probably had a lot of advice, but you had to take care of it on your own for the entire off season. Right. Well, they they were very helpful. Um, they sent out care packages as well as food. Um, you know, they did the proteins. They did the, uh, you know, the – as far as uh, liquids, they sent out liquids as well uh, for hydration. They, uh, he pretty much sent out everything, man. It came in, like, little portion meals. Like, you have, for example, zucchini. You have, like, ground turkey. You have rice, like brown rice. So um, they kind of kind of trained me mentally how to cook my own food or how to prep it. And um, once I got that down, me and my uh, me and my girlfriend, we pretty much took over after that. So we would get creative with it in the kitchen, and I would eat pretty much all day. All right, so you were drafted as a baseball player by the Texas Rangers, right? Yes, sir. And so tell us about that when you were drafted, third round, I believe, and, and what led to the decision, I'm going to play baseball, I'm going into that. And a little bit about your experience. I know it's not like you went to the major leagues, but you played pro baseball for a while, which is impressive. What was that like for you at getting into it and working in that field? Um, it was wonderful, man. Um, baseball is my number one love. And, um, you know, it was always my dream to play baseball. And, um, you know, I got drafted out of high school. And, you know, I, I come from a very poor background. So, 
you know, I thought it was the best opportunity for me to, you know, as far as get some money in my pocket, help out my family, you know, and um, and that type of thing, I would say. And it, it, it just matured me a lot. Um, I was 18 years old, you know, with um, money that I didn't know how to manage. Um, so, you know, and I, it was difficult, but it taught me a lot of lessons, you know. Um, I came a long way. I matured. I learned. And, um, you know, I went back to school because, you know, baseball wasn't really working out for me. I wasn't where I really wanted to be in the game at the time. Um, I played four years. I traveled um, West Coast. I played in the Dominican Republic, um, Hickory, North Carolina, Spokane, Washington, um, yeah, Arizona, surprise Arizona. And I decided to go back to college in 2014 and – I walked on to the football team. Um, I, I committed there back in high school, and I told George O'Leary that if I ever decided to go back and play football, that I would come play for him. So that's it. Uh, I kept my word, and he kept his word. And when I walked on, he scholarship me, and it's been blessings ever since. want to talk about George O'Leary in just a little bit, but want to stick with baseball. Tell me what it's like getting drafted, because you're drafted right out of high school. What's that next month or so like? Because – did you sign pretty soon after the draft? And then did they ship you off to rookie ball in Surprise, Arizona? What What's all that like? Uh, It was super fast. Uh, as soon as I got drafted, I think I flew out within the next week or two. So I reported immediately to uh, rookie ball, like you said. And it was in Surprise, Arizona. And, um, you know, I just trained there. I played there for a year, and I didn't progress. The next year, I stayed there again and played again there. And then they skipped me a ne- another level the next year. So um, it matured me. It was pretty cool. I enjoyed it. Were you just, I mean, you're just thrown together with a bunch of guys who are straight out of high school, essentially? And what was yeah. that like? I mean, straight out of high school, drafts out of college. Um, you know, the guys coming in for trades. It, w- it was very different. For me, I was lost because uh, – I didn't really, you know, back then I wasn't really big into email. So, like, as far as I didn't have no kind of agenda of what I was doing during the day. So, when I got there, I didn't even check into my hotel room. I went straight to the field. And um, I did not know that they had a cafeteria there. So, I'm just sitting there starving, you know, eating off, like, little little peanuts and stuff, like sunflower seeds and stuff that I see in the clubhouse. And I just really didn't have no guidance or didn't really know where I was. So, I, I really wanted to go home. But, um, you know, once I learned it, learned the system and had somebody, you know, got me through it, you know, it was, it was a great experience for me. Well, it sounds like they could have done a better job in their onboarding process. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Jordan Aikens joining us on Texans Radio. Uh, what do people not know about A-ball, about A-level baseball, and how hard it is to jump up and what they're looking for? What do the listeners not understand about how difficult it is to rise in the minor leagues? It's a grind, man. It's a grind, and you can't really control it, um, how fast you move or where where you go. So it's like, I mean, to be honest, man, you just you can you be playing your best ball. You know, you can be playing your best ball, hitting the ball, playing great defense, and you won't you won't progress at all. And you could also be doing the worst, you know, but you can have great defense or vice versa. You can have 
bad defense and great stick, you know, offense, and uh, you can progress. So it's, it's just a game. It's kind of like a mind game, you know. I feel like baseball coming straight out of high school, I'd rather – I think it would be better if kids come out of college because it's like on the mental level, you know. It's, uh, it can be very difficult for a teenager. Knowing what you know now about baseball versus football, would you have taken a different route and not done baseball and just gone straight into football? Um, in my situation, I wouldn't change anything. But if you know, if I had the resources, if I had the, you know, if I had the financial stability, I would definitely go the college route first. Well, Central Florida, I mean, that's a that's a big time program, and I know it's not uh, a Power Five or whatever, but they compete at that level. There's no question. So. That must have been nice to be there after being in the baseball experience, right? To be on a college campus and the training table and everything they have. But the other side is you got to go to school. <laughs> so, uh, which is good too, but, but you got to go through that grind of it as well. So what was that like getting readjusted to, to being an amateur athlete, if you will? It, it was kind of different. Well, it was different a lot. Uh, my class, when I was a freshman, that was a class I was supposed to graduate with. So basically when I came in 2014, you know, I committed to UCF back in high school. So I was taking my visits and going down there every weekend, every chance I got. And um, so I got to know the guys, you know, very well at school. So when I went back, they, they were graduating. I had a season with them. And then when it left, that's when it really changed. It was a lot of young, you know, I was around a lot of young kids and, well, a lot of young men. I'm going to say kids, but um, – and, you know, the music changed, the, the swag changed, everything just changed, man. I was used to Larry, you know, straight, and uh, Scott Frost come in, he changed everything around, you know, we could swag out on the field and stuff like that. And it, it was a big change for me, but I enjoyed it, and I really enjoyed it, man. You said you, you talked to George O'Leary about if, if you ever went and did, and did the football route that you'd want to play for him, but how did the two of you ever even connect? Because – before you were playing baseball, so how did you how did you get in with the the head football coach there at UCF? I knew Larry before the baseball. How's that? Like, as in, in high school, I was I was getting recruited to him. I signed to UCF out of high school before I got drafted to baseball. So I, see. I told him that if the baseball come around, I'm going to take that. I'm going to take that. If I get drafted as high as I wanted to be, which I was fortunate to, you know, it happened and. Um, that's what happened. I went back and we, I, I basically just promised him, like, if I come back to school, then I'm going to come play for you. I'm going to come play for UCF. And he said, well, whenever you're ready, you know, I'm waiting on you. And every season, like, after baseball seasons, I would get calls, you know, he would check on me, say how I'm doing. And he was, he's a baseball fan as well. So you know, we have a pretty good relationship. He, he's got a pretty tight connection with Bill O'Brien, too. So. Do you feel like that helped you at all um, in landing a spot with the Texans? Did, did you ever talk to O'Leary about that? Uh, we never talked about that. But I'm, Did you ever talk to Bill about it? I would ask, I, that, I'm just curious to know just because yeah, the two of them have, have gone back a ways. I wouldn't be surprised if it was a connection there some way. Um, I know that I played for O'Brien in the senior bowl. So yeah. That, that helped me out a lot as well. But I know uh, George O'Leary has a lot of connections. What is that like being at the Senior Bowl when you show up and you see all these other college seniors and it's an NFL tryout? You're part of a team. 
yet you know you have to shine as well because you only have that week. It's not like you're building a team for a season. You're building a team for one week, and you better look good in the process, especially in the practices, right? I mean, it's nice to look good in the game, but a lot of the scouts aren't even there for the game. So what was that like, that experience for you? It was cool, and you definitely better shine, especially if you're claiming the national championship that year. So it was uh, a lot of people was messing with me when I went in for the senior bowl, uh, you know. And it was in Alabama, so they didn't make it no better. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, but it, it was cool. I really enjoyed it. Um, I knew that I could compete with the kids. I'm just, I just was thankful for an opportunity. And when we got out there, we had a great time. We made some great relationships and played ball. And, you know, the talent shone from there. Jordan Nake is joining us on Texans Radio. So the reaction when you got drafted, did you go kind of where you expected to go? Did you think you might get picked earlier, later? How did it go for you, Jordan? Well, I know I didn't participate in the NFL combine, mm-hmm. which I don't know if it hurt me or not. But I expected to go second round, third round. Um, I, I just was thankful to get a second opportunity, you know, especially coming off of baseball. But um, getting drafted by O'Brien, I didn't take an actual visit to the Texans. You know, uh, I took some visits to Kansas City and Baltimore and Jacksonville. So those were the teams I was mostly, like, connected with and um, communicating with. So I, would, I expected one of them to take me, but, you know, as I sat down and sit down and think about it, you know, I played for O'Brien and he kind of knew what I could do and, um, from the senior bowl. So, you know, it, uh, I guess it happened that way. Drafted you know, in the third round of baseball and NFL draft. That's pretty interesting. Third round both times. Go ahead, Drew. Sorry. I was going to say, as a Texan, you've been a part of some memorable plays each year. Uh, that you've played for Houston, you know, the rookie year at Philly, Deshaun gets loose and you catch, you come up with that fourth down or that third down catch. Then last year, the touchdown at San Diego, this year at Kansas city, you you have the ball where you catch it, you duck under a guy and you get a lot more yardage. Can I just let you know that my seven-year-old son pulled that on my five-year-old son just about <laughs> days ago, we were throwing the ball around in the backyard. And my seven-year-old said, I Jordan Aikens him. So You've inspired uh, the youth of America, Jordan. Is that how's that feel to you? Wow, that's crazy. That's like that's just like me being a kid and saying you lost someone. That's pretty cool. I was impressed a that he did it, and then b that he knew your name enough to say it and uh, and use it the right way. So it was, it was pretty cool to cool, watch that unfold. Yes, sir. Yeah, it is pretty cool. What is it like playing with Watson? Because Drew referenced the the Philly play, and that was. You know, Watson has a highlight reel, unlike anybody else at the quarterback position, where he escapes from an almost certain sack by multiple people. On many occasions, he's done this. Uh, and he found you on a big first down on the go-ahead drive. Uh, what is it like playing with him? Yeah, yeah, almost – it's never over, right? You always have to have your head on a swivel until the final whistle. Yeah, the play is never over. It's never over. Um, I learned that from the, the previous years. Sean, he can look like he is got four people on him. He look like he's on the ground. He pops out in some kind of way. He keeps his eyes downfield. He can do it with his legs <clears throat> as well. And um, I just stay ready. I I stay ready, uh, especially like last year for that uh, from the Chargers game, uh, my long touchdown reception. He he literally got swallowed in the pocket, broke out, booted to the side. And I broke opposite to the side. 
Deshaun didn't even look at me. He he did a no look pass straight to me. So that just you know right then and there kind of just clicked in my head like man you have to be ready for the ball all the time with Deshaun anytime. Who else at the tight end position in the league has inspired you? Whose game do you really admire at the tight end position as you look around the league? Maybe, you know, even when you were in college or before that and now. Uh, I would say as a kid, I do Crumpler. You remember? Algy Crumpler, yeah. Yeah. Growing up in Georgia. guy. That's right. You're a Georgia guy. He's a dog, man. Uh, but now I would say like watching in college and to now it would be, you know, uh, the Kelsey, uh, urge. There's got to go for work. Jordan Reed. You know, I, I just kind of take a little bit from everybody and try to make it, you know, make it fit me or if it doesn't fit me, just be myself. Um, it's just, it's, a, it's a lot of talent, man. Um, NFL, the tight ends nowadays, uh, they're almost like receivers, honestly. Really so, uh, a Falcon fan, of course, growing up, and when Mike Vitt, Mike Vitt's been in the building a couple of times in the last few years, did you have a chance to meet him when he visited NRG Stadium on either occasion? I did. I did have a chance to meet him. I managed to came together. So, how was that? Pretty cool, man. Um, great guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I told him I, I grew up in, you know, I grew up in Georgia. I'm a Georgia boy, and, you know, we always like looked up to him. I used to try. I used to be a quarterback when I was little. Um, played for the Falcons, number seven. You know, I just chopped it up. Kind of took him down memory lane a little, um, memory lane a little bit. And other than that, I kind of kept it moving because you know it was a big crowd, so everyone was trying to get up there and speak to him. He was a Who really did good... not keep it moving? Who was hogging his time? <laughs> man, uh, man, I don't know. It was so many people. Man, everyone really was trying to trying to pick his brain and then trying to catch Steve Smith from going out the other door. But I, I, I couldn't tell you specifically who was just crowding his time. It's funny because, like, Drew brought up his son. My son, he's 14. He's obsessed with Mike Vick. He's got Mike Vick on his Madden team. I mean, he's, he's all about Mike Vick. And, you know, he asked me, uh, would Mike Vick be even more successful today in today's game with some of these offenses? And I think the answer is a resounding yes. Would you agree that – in a way, the league wasn't even ready for Mike Vick at that time, and he was setting the world on fire. Yeah, I definitely agree. And Mike Vick, I say nowadays in the NFL, they they make the offense for running um, quarterbacks, like mm-hmm. Lamar, you know, speed options and stuff like that. That was kind of – that was very rare back in the NFL, back in the day. So, you know, if you put Michael Vick in that situation where he can use his legs, not just scramble, um, scrambling or a boot, um, you know, maybe some draws, some quarterback leads. I think he would definitely shine in this generation. In this time. All right, I want to go back to the baseball thing just for a moment. I promise I'll, I'll give it up. Actually, I won't. I can't make any promises about this. But, uh, Jordan, the grind of baseball, having a game every day, this fascinates me in professional sports, having a game virtually every day versus football, which is a game once a week, and a lot of practice and lifting and meetings. Can you compare those two? I know you're playing football at a much higher level than you played baseball, but the grind is kind of similar when you look at game every day in baseball at any level. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely different. I mean, baseball, you just you wake up. you If you wanted to, you could go early to the field, get extra band practice or work on something that, you know, 
you've been trying to, you know, critique or correct and mm-hmm. we can get uh, extra with a coach as well. But in football, you know, it's just, it's mandatory. You have to be there. You know, it's like straight. Be there at this time. You're going to eat at this time. You're going to lift at this time. Baseball was more kind of chill. You know, what fits you. You can come in at certain times. You can lift at certain times. And, you know, so I would say that's what differed between the two. What about recovery as a player? Because it seems like in football, everyone's cold tubbing, talking about massages, all the recovery you have to do. I mean, I obviously it seems like it would be less in baseball because you're not getting hit every single play, but you're playing a lot more games. But is it different? Yeah. How an athlete recovers? Definitely different on the body. Um, in football, it's a lot of soft tissue, you know, things that hurt in that nature. In baseball, it's more of like joints, like your, your wrists, your fingers get sore from swinging the bat. Like your oblique may get sore from, you know, twerking, like, you know, pivoting off your foot a lot. And, um, it's not really, you know, the ankles, the hamstrings, you know. So basically, it, it's a lot easier on your body. Baseball definitely is. All right, Jordan Akins is going to stick around, and we've got questions that may or may not have anything to do with football coming up as Drew, DP, and I take turns. I might have one more sort of baseball-ish question, but uh, it's actually sports other than football because it involves one of your uh, teammates, and that would be Darren Fells, who also played another professional sport other than football. So we'll get into that and some other things that uh, cross our path here on the Texans Players Show. Stick around on Texans Radio. Keep it here for more of the Texans Players Show, right here on Texans Radio. Behind every incredible play are thousands of data points you might otherwise miss, such as player speed, field location, and movement patterns. The NFL uses AWS to process this large and complex data in real time. It's called NextGen Stats, and with AWS machine learning and artificial intelligence technology, the NFL has developed ways to uncover deeper insights and expand the fan experience by offering a broader range of advanced stats and visualizations. Visit nextgenstats.nfl.com for all things stats. NextGen Stats, powered by AWS. Two is better than one. How many times have you heard that one? More than once, I bet, because it just adds up. For example, there are two, not one, great reasons to fill up with Chevron with Tecron. Number one, unbeatable cleaning power. And number two, or maybe this should be number one, unbeatable mileage. Plus, Chevron puts Tecron in every grade, every gallon of their gasoline. So that's two, no wait, three unbeatable reasons to go with the one and only Chevron with Tecron. Care for your car. Care for your car. Care for your car. It's Texans Radio with the Texans Players Show. Great to have you with us tonight. As Jordan Aikens, Texans tight end, is our guest. Mark Vandermeer, D.B. Sidhu, and Drew Doherty with you. And after this show, we have Texans All Access, followed by Texans Replay with John Harris. And that's always interesting. Johnny gets very creative. Uh, the Vikings coming in on Sunday. Noon kick for that one. And let's just kick around some questions here, which may or may not have anything to do with professional football with Jordan Akins. Okay, Jordan, uh, I'll go first here in this rotation. We'll go uh, between me, DP, and Drew. But uh, mine is, would you be better at basketball than Darren Fells would be at baseball? You guys both play tight end. I think it's interesting that the Texans have two tight ends who both played other professional sports, but not the same one. So who's better, you at basketball or Fells at baseball? Share with us. Yeah, basketball. 
You at basketball. <laughs> Did you play in high school? I played in high school. Okay. What position? I was a small four. All right, small four. Oh, so he did everything. Growing up, I was a point guard. Oh, okay. So okay. Now I had to, I had to handle and the shooting. I'm a lefty in basketball, and now I have the body. So you know, <laughs> I, I, I think I would do better baseball for Felsey. I'm not sure, you know. I had never seen him really swing a bat throw, but mm-hmm. you know. As a follow-up between you and Fells, who would be the better water polo player? Because Kahali. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That seems hard. (laughs) Um, Fells, Fells would probably be better. (laughs) You're just gonna give it to him? Yeah, they say you know water polo all about the lat, so you know Fells, he's a big dude, so he probably get that one. (laughs) Wait, wait, when? When Waring was drafted and you heard about the water polo thing, did you immediately, did you know about water polo, a lot about it? Did you go to YouTube and watch some of it? Were you curious as to, you know, so this guy's tight end, but he plays a lot of water polo or did in his past. And that was a big deal, at least in the pre-draft story. What were your thoughts when you heard about it? Uh, yeah, I definitely, you know, I had to tune in and <laughs> YouTube it, of course. But, you know, it, it was kind of different. You know, all of us played a different sport. I mean, so you probably feel like that about baseball. So, you know, I didn't want to make him feel uncomfortable. But, you know, we do tease him about it. And, you know, he doesn't really he doesn't really talk about it that much. So. What is he like? I mean, we haven't seen him on the field, obviously. It's been too bad with the injury situation. But we've seen him in practice and, and do some really special things in practice. What is it like to be around wearing? Wayne's a good guy, man. He's definitely, <clears throat> he's definitely, he definitely wants to learn. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he he's going, he's going to ask his questions. You know, um, he's very funny, man. He's goofy. He try to dance. You know, he can't really dance at all. <laughs> you know, he, he, I love, I love his energy. He brings the energy. Um, you know, that's a good guy to have in the room. All right, the baseball playoffs are going on, so we're gonna get another baseball question in. Let's say you're up to bat. Which pitcher all time do you not want to have to face? Of all time? All the all-time greats, yeah. Give us a couple. Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson, big lefty. Um, John Smoltz. Mm. Good one. You're a Braves fan. And, whew, I can use some. Pedro Martinez. Yeah, movement on the ball. That's good, yeah, man. You, you gotta, you gotta. I say those are my top three. All right. All right. What about this one? I mean, since we're on the subject, uh, Tim Wakefield pitched for 40 years in the majors. It feels like that, anyway. Knuckleballer. When you watch a major league knuckleballer, I mean, sometimes I watch those pitches and I think I could probably hit that, but you can't. So, what is it like? Have you faced one of those kinds of guys at? the A level or a high school level or whatever level, uh, because it looks easier than done when you see that pitch and how slow it is. Yes, definitely. Um, you know, <clears throat> back in baseball, like in spring training, it'd be the entire, you know, all the affiliates from rookie ball to the majors. So, you know, some days uh, uh, you have selected a few that they'll pick mm-hmm. and you get to face some of the greats, you know, in the majors. So, um you know, I've seen a couple of knuckleballers, man. It's it's ridiculous. Um, we train our eyes 
in baseball and certain, you know, certain little um, activities that we do in training, our training. And it's just something that you just have to, like, be ready for, honestly, because if you're not ready for it mentally, there's no way you're going to even touch the ball. Do you think being able to hit a fastball and and have that hand-eye coordination, I, I guess I'm answering my own question, it's got to help when you're trying to catch a football, right? I mean, the speed, judging the speed of things. I mean, sometimes Deshaun's got to zip it in there. Sometimes he's put in touch. You have a quick, you know, you're, you're cutting sometimes, you're breaking, and the ball's already halfway to you, so you got to be ready. Yes, sir, definitely. Um, you hit a baseball in seconds, man. Not even, maybe not even seconds, maybe under a second. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's just reaction, honestly, to me. I was a better fastball hitter than all speed hitter. Just because my hands were so fast. And I just react to the ball. But um, in football, it slows it down a lot for me. Um, when I come out, when I come out my cut, I expect the ball to be, you know, in a certain spot. And, and when I come out the cut and the ball's right there, I love it even more. So I can just react. I can just snag the ball and keep moving, you know, and I have to worry about <clears throat> worry about using my body, stopping and coming back to the ball. So it's, it's a big advantage. All right, DP, you're up with your next question. I thought Drew was going to take my question, but my question is totally different from Drew's. My my question is, you're up to bat. What is your walk-up song? Did you have a walk-up song when you played? Yeah, because I clearly asked the hard question. Do you have Are a walk-up song to? in the days? Or yeah. if not, what would it have been? <laughs> I, I had a walk-up song. <clears throat> I think it was uh, – it, it was one of Wiz Khalifa songs. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I can't remember. Is that He's not like black and yellow, black and yellow. No, <laughs> no it wasn't black and yellow. <laughs> Probably wasn't the Charlie Puth mix up either. The long day and the Fast and the Furious. Work hard, I believe. Work hard. Work hard. Oh. So. We might have that on Texans radio somewhere. One of our phones. Hey, sticking with music and baseball, you and I talked this off. You had a really interesting story about the clubhouse listening to music before a game how that gets divided up. What, what's that like? My baseball? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, that was different, man. Because <clears throat> sometimes, like, you play too much rap, and, you know, the, the Latins will get mad. And then when you play too much uh, Latin music, you know, every, it, it was just different, different, you know, ethnicities, like, Everyone wanted the speaker, but everyone, it, it was great, man, because sometimes, like, we'll, we'll love a song, you know what I'm saying? Or sometimes we'll change the mood in the locker room and everyone's sad to be something funny. And um, it, it, it it went a lot of ways, you know, people racing to the speaker, trying to plug it up, you know. And, I mean, rock, paper, scissors, pretty much the whole nine when it comes to that. So you never really had a Brandon Dunn in the, mi- in the minor leagues? There was no DJ Dunny that kind of controlled it as smoothly as he did? Uh... No, unless you know what Kevin Torres, he would he would literally take the mic and hide it. So or he'll or he'll take it with him and just come in with his phone already connected to it, just playing music. <laughs> That's one way to become the DJ. Just take yeah. the speaker with you. Literally, just take the speaker. Mm-hmm. All right, Jordan Akins is going to stick around for one more segment, and in that segment, Drew wrote a. Drew's dozen column with Jordan over the summer. So we'll see what, what has held up since then. We might have to fact check some of this stuff since we have the source here, Jordan Nakins. And also uh, Jordan's favorite Texans win and moment, non-playoff win and moment. We'll get that 
and get you ready for the Vikings on Sunday at noon with Jordan Akins. It's all happening on the Texans Player Show. It's Texans Radio. It's Texans Radio. Jordan Akins joining us on the Texans Player Show. Mark Vandermeer, D.B. Sidhu, and Drew Doherty with you. And one final segment with the Texans tight end. And Drew Doherty wrote a Drew's Dozen column with Jordan over the summer. And some of the stuff we've actually covered here, so this is pretty good. You mentioned Andrew Jones is your, what, favorite baseball player? In Atlanta. I mean, that's it right there. That's very good. Uh, he also asked you what your longest bus ride was in the minor leagues. 14 hours. 14 hours. I mean, is that like overnight? Is that a red-eye bus ride? Is that during the day? I mean, how did that one go down? Uh, we left. We had a night game in Hickory, North Carolina. We left at night, and we had another night game the next night. So it was it was really bad, man. It was horrible. <laughs> we didn't even get to go to the hotel, I don't believe. I think we went straight to the stadium first. Have you seen any of the baseball movies like Bull Durham? Because that reminds me of scenes from that movie or Major League or any one of these baseball movies where they, they highlight stuff like this. Yeah, it's definitely it, – it's like that. <laughs> yeah, the stories and all of it, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Not, not like flying on the team charter, right? <laughs> the, the seats actually, like, like flip some kind of way. So it's like bunk beds. So flip oh. the whole rows out. And we have some people on top. We have some people on the bottom. So it kind of, it was, we're kind of comfortable. But, you know, the restroom situation, that's a different story, you know. Mm. So. Good point. Is it So the whole team can fit on one bus, right? It's one bus, not two. Yeah, just one bus. Mm. So. Man. Wow. That's very different from professional football. <laughs> where, it, Like, I think now with COVID, you guys have eight buses or something like that. It's kind of crazy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's definitely happening. Uh, the upcoming opponent, do you watch a lot of tape? Do you get ready that way? Uh, do you wait till Wednesday to get the game plan handed to you? How do you personally get ready for what your assignments are going to be uh, for the upcoming opponent? In this case, it's the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, well, as far as my like assignment, I have to wait to you know, I actually get my assignment. But as far as my preparation, I already watch film. Um, I go for DBs, the linebackers, the DNs how they move, what's their weaknesses, you know. I I, I do my, my homework, you know. I have to do my, my scouting as well. So that's how I go about that. And when I get my game, when I get my assignment, I just put two and two together and I adjust. So from what you've seen so far, Harrison Smith, he's one of the greats at safety. That's a, a tall challenge for any team. What do you think uh, that secondary has with him and the rest of the, the guys around him? They have a lot of talent. Um my former teammate, Mike Hughes, played for them as well. His first round, uh, cornerback from UCF. Um, they have very good ball skills. Um, they're, they're fast. You know, they try to stay on top of receivers, the tight ends as well. And we're going to have to come and compete. Um, just like every day, both of us are fighting for our first win. So it's going to be a brawl. It's going to be a dog fight. Looking forward to it. Are you used to it by now? Now, there will be fans on Sunday, which is great. I mean, I want to get your thoughts on that. I, there won't be a full house, though. And had you gotten used to the no-fan situation between the game at NRG and what you saw in Pittsburgh and very few fans at, at Kansas City, are you guys kind of accustomed to that whole thing by now? Um, I mean, yeah. I would say everyone pretty much is accustomed to it because of practice. You know, it's very similar to practice. Um. 
I would say more campish. Mm-hmm. You know, when we're really just scrimmaging each other, going, you know, kind of getting after a little bit. But um, you know, of course, like we'd be locked in, you know, uh, game mode. We actually get to turn it, you know, turn it loose. And but it's it's very different. It's very different because you know the crowd, the fans bring energy, and the noise is different. You can actually hear each other. You can hear sometimes you can hear each other talking. You can hear the other sideline talking as well. So you know it's very different. We can't wait for the fans to come back in the building. Have you picked up anything from other teams and what they're saying? Or have you heard anything really funny that they're saying? I mean, have you heard anything notable? Oh, yeah, you know, I've heard a lot of things, but, you know, I can't, I can't say that. But, yeah. <laughs> are they really trying to get you off your game? I mean, are, are they trying to distract you and say some things to you across a lot of scrimmage? Yeah, of course. You know, you have you have your talkers, you know, especially on the field, you know, to try to get into you, mess with you mentally. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you have some people just out there just trying to throw you off by being nice. You know, I mean, it's very weird. <laughs> You know, you usually don't hear all of that, you know, especially all the details and specifics they be saying when the uh, when the crowd's in the building or, you know, on the mic. But now it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's more, like I say, it's more practice, you know, more practice. Like, you can hear everything and, you know, it's not, it's not, the crowd isn't, isn't there. It's just like that the raw energy isn't in the building. So you have to bring your own energy. What are you like in game? You you pretty quiet? Do you uh you like to banter back and forth? Do you ignore it? What um, are you like on the field? I'm really like I'm a cool guy, like off the field, I'm quiet, you know, cool guy, family guy, stay to myself kinda. But on the field like I'm a different I'm a different cat. I mean I just be zoned in. I'll be locked in and I'd be ready to run through anything and just ready to play the game. So really I mean like my focus on the field it doesn't matter if they're fans or not. You know, I'm just ready to perform. Can we talk about that? Can we talk about that Deshaun Watson touchdown drive right before the half? Because I feel like Drew and I were texting back and forth about it. And I wrote a story about it, that drive that you were a part of too. You had like a 20-yard catch on that drive, I think, on what the second play of the drive. It was right before the half. Deshaun goes five for five. Fuller catches the touchdown at the end. Like, I mean, what was the feeling? What is the feeling like when you guys are really clicking on all cylinders on a drive like that? The positive plays. Um, when we're moving, you know, I feel like, you know, once we got our rhythm and got our tempo going and, you know, Deshaun gets in his rhythm, it's, it's, it's unstoppable. We just move the ball. We, you know, we make the plays. We have the right instincts. We do the right things in the right situations. And, you know, we came out with a touchdown on that drive. It's one of the most gorgeous drives I've ever seen the Texans do. I've, I've worked for the team since 09. Mark, I know you, you can comment on this further, but you didn't face a third down on it. I don't know that you faced more than one second down. You just went bang, 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 bang. Now, perhaps it's because of the situation and the timing, but I got to imagine you guys as players would love to see more of that, more of that opportunity, yeah? Uh, of course. You know, everyone, everyone wants to stay in the rhythm you know, of the game, especially in the rhythm of the offense, you know, whatever offense that the NFL runs, every every team has their rhythm. Every team has their, their vibe, how they connect. Um, when everything's running smoothly, you know, you know, it's, it's not even as much talking. Everyone's on one accord. You know your assignment. You know what you have to execute. And you just go and get it done. Jordan Nakins joining us. Jordan, um, I teased this, so I, we, have to, we have to ask a question. Do you have a favorite – game and play and you can't pick the playoff win so favorite win of the texans 
during your time here and uh and maybe a favorite moment for you um my favorite win and play i would have to say the the catch that the fourth down conversion that i made when we played jaguars in london okay i would have to say that game um you know it was roll pass the shine um Sean booted. He dotted me on the spot, and I just used my legs to get the first down. And um, from there, we rolled all the way down and got in the rhythm, and we ended up winning the game. Okay, good. That was a fun trip. That was a fun, fun trip. I mean, all around. The, and then the, the you guys dominating was just kind of the icing or the cherry on top. That was a lot of fun. Was that kind of weird to be over there and practicing and the time difference and all, all that you had to do in order to just get to the field that day? Yeah, I would say the time difference was the biggest, you know. Um, but, you know, I kind of have experience with practicing out of the country, and um, I, I honestly enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, great experience, no doubt. Uh, wait, was that your favorite win, too, the Jaguars game? I mean, give uh, us a favorite moment. favorite win as a Texan. Let me see. Mm-hmm. I'd have to say Falcons. Oh yeah, of course. Man, the offense was moving so smooth. It was it was great. We was uh, loving it. Being on the field, you can even go back Kansas City. Mm-hmm. We had the, we had the uh, ball. You know, we broke a record for having the ball as an offense in that stadium. That was great, man. Just having the ball and controlling the defense and getting as many points as possible. Uh, enjoy those games. See, I thought you were going to say Los Angeles because you had the two touchdowns and Snoop Dogg was in the locker room afterwards. And <laughs> really high that was, You're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I would say as a, as a team win, you know, overall as team. Uh, we have to go with the Chiefs and the Falcons. Excellent. Jordan, thanks so much for being with us today. We appreciate the time. It's been a lot of fun. We hope to have you back soon. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. All right, Jordan Akins joining us on the Texans Players Show. So much fun to visit with the Texans tight end who will be in action on Sunday at noon against the Minnesota Vikings at NRG Stadium, 9 a.m. with Texans Countdown presented by Kroger. At 11.30, the network joined with Texans Kickoff. It is going to be fun. Thanks for listening. Have a great night, and go Texans. Geico knows there are many reasons why you ride. From the thrill of the revving engine and pure adrenaline of flying down the highway to the confidence of knowing that Geico always has your back with 24-7 access to claim service. But Ari Snyder has one reason in particular. I have extremely large upper arms. They won't even fit into most shirts. Thankfully, biking really embraces vest culture, so I feel accepted. Geico Motorcycle. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Find a massive selection of new and certified pre-owned Hyundais at Ron Carter Hyundai, a better way to buy. Test drive any vehicle at Ron Carter Hyundai and get $250 in gift cards. Buy any vehicle and get $500 in gift cards. Sell them your car. There'll be any offer by $500 or get $500. Plus, get Hyundai Assurance, America's best warranty, 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Gulf Freeway, just two miles south of the Beltway. RonCarterHyundai.com. See dealer website for gift card and trade-in details.